Welcome everyone to the Humans of RBTL podcast, where we feature folks in the Relating Between the Lines community and really get a closer look at the ways they connect and communicate in their relationships. I'm your host, Stephanie, co-founder of RBTL, and my hope is that the stories shared here really inspire you to think about the way that you show up in your relationships and explore new ways of connecting with the people that you love. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am joined by Kevin, who's one of our lead facilitators in RBTL and my life partner. Yay! Oh my god, she said it. Is this our public, is this our public uh, telling everyone that we are partners now? Yes, this is our debut. So we got to make it really good. It's going to be fire. Yeah. Should I just tell people about myself? Yeah, tell, <laughs> tell the audience a little bit about yourself and share what roles you play in your life. Okay, cool. So hi, everyone. My name is Kevin Doe, and that's about as formal as I'm going to make this. <laughs> Aside from being Steph's life partner, I am also a manager at a company called Greenhouse. I lead a customer success team there. I love DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and allyship work. I'm a big advocate for those things, and I'm also co-chair of an API ERG there for Asian folks, for those who don't know that. Yeah, and I'd say like the roles I play in my life is I'm a son, I'm a partner, I'm a giver, I am an advocate, and most recently this year, like I've been really growing into being a leader and a figure. So yeah, I I can definitely go more into those, but (laughs) I I just don't know how much more you want me to talk about myself. Uh, Is there anything that you don't do? (laughs) Oh shit! Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> you make me look really good. No, you. I, I think it's so fun to see how you've introduced yourself over the years because there was no way that we're like this when we first met. Like Kevin, for context, Kato. Like, I'm gonna. Yeah, call she you. calls me. Call me Kato. Kato. Call me I'm Kevin. Sorry. That's so weird. That's Kato, so weird. Kato, um, six years ago when met was the most like stoic person like ever and wasn't able to express himself that well that, that well and so for me I think it's a treat to see you uh, share about yourself in like HD essentially like now very interesting I don't okay I don't think I was the most stoic person ever I think I just had a hard time expressing feeling, certain feeling. But, you know, we wouldn't have become friends six years ago if I was a stoic-ass person. So I just want to say that. <laughs> True. Uh, I guess we can share a little bit more about how, like, our our story. Yeah. So, yeah, we met six years ago. Uh, it was like an it was like a year out of college or something like that. Yeah. We were both yeah. in our work woes. I DM'd you on Facebook. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. I was gonna talk at UCI, which is where both of us graduated from. And then he DM'd me, and then that's how we became friends. He couldn't make it to the speaking engagement, so I was like, "That's cool." Like we decided to meet up to get brunch anyway, and that's how our friendship started. Yeah, and that's how we said we wanted to be life coaches and take over the world, and literally like at age twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> it really made real sense at the time. Um, but honestly, honestly, I think that that's been one of the cornerstones of our friendship and carrying into the relationship and partnership that we have now is that we were never afraid to dream big and we never really dampened each other's dreams. 
I think that I've always appreciated having you as a hype person when I would tell you things. And it just so happened that we both loved similar things uplifting people, coaching people, helping people. And at the time, it was kind of like to run away from like working on ourselves and to like help other people. But it's really beautiful to see how that's played out in the present day with RBTL, you know? Yeah, I think it's funny that you say that it was a way to avoid working on ourselves. Because <laughs> I feel like, Ooh, yeah. I feel like through the process of pursuing our dreams, um, I think it ended up coming back to us having to put ourselves like first um, and take care of ourselves and our mental health in order to get there. So uh, I just thought that was an interesting point. Yeah, look at us. <laughs> Yeah, for context, like after Kato and I became friends, he was actually a facilitator at my first like venture. And so we um, co-facilitated discussions, helping people bridge mental and physical health. And then Kato is also now our lead facilitator at RBTL. So I feel like for me, it's been really special to be able to witness like your growth. And I think in your confidence as like a facilitator, but also like in so many different respects. And so I know that you use RBTL skills like everywhere like obviously as a partner like with me um, I see you use it with friends and and I think especially at work and so I think what's fascinating about you is that you do use it at work and so I would love to hear from you like how was it like like before you know at work before you learned like these skills and after you learned them Ooh, I'm fascinating um okay so before work before I started using them at work well it'd be helpful for you all to understand the journey I went on so I started as a CSM which is a customer facing role at Greenhouse and then three years into my role I became a manager and so I've been in a leadership role for a few years now and I think one of the things that in my individual contributor journey and then going to my leadership journey was how do I be authentic how do I bring more of myself to work How do I blend work and life? And that became even more of a pressing thing when COVID happened, when life and work mixed so much. You know, I think like before RBTO, before learning these skills, I would find it challenging to figure out how to disclose myself. I would kind of struggle and be in my head around how to connect with my peers. I'm an inherently really deep person. And I think sometimes like, if you just talk about work events and happy hours, I don't watch sports. I don't really do those things. And like, I don't watch TV shows. So I I really struggled in my early days. And I, I was always trying to figure out how do I make space for the things that I love to talk about? How do I talk about them confidently? And how do I find my people and create spaces for that? And so that's always been a question that's been on my mind. Yeah, I think I'll pause there and see if you want to dig a little bit more about my past before I talk about after RBTO. Yeah, I think what I heard from what you're saying is that, and I feel like a lot of listeners can relate to this, right? It's like, how do you connect with people when you don't like the typical things that most people enjoy? Like you said, you don't like sports and you're a more like deeper person, which I imagine can make you feel like, oh, like, do I belong in certain spaces, right? And so I I would love to actually hear like how you moved through that. Like, how did you gain confidence in that? Because I feel like that's really challenging for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's really challenging carving out a place for yourself, learning how to take up space for myself and trusting that my company is a safe environment to do that. So I think first it was first evaluating the safety of my culture. Then it was learning to take leaps of faith that were inherently vulnerable 
to share about myself and having those one-on-one -on -one connections with the safe people that I thought I was vibing with. And I think what was really like, what was really helpful for me was I was also podcasting at the same time. I had a podcast back oh, then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Talk more about that. It was, uh, it's called The Good and the Bad. And it was all about life's about the good and the bad. And I just want people to own the good of the bad parts of their life and to keep it 100. That's what I was talking about back then. And it's still relevant to this day, but just in different words. So through me doing that podcast and telling my story, I was able to practice having confidence in my own story. And mm -hmm. it would look like going to a coworker one day and be like, hey, I got a podcast. You want to listen to it? And that scared the shit out of me. But I knew that if I would take steps every day or steps that would push me a little bit more to my comfort zone to let people see me and put myself out there, that in itself was building confidence to be able to carve out space for myself. So as I got more evidence that it was safe and okay to be deep and to tell my story and that people vibed with it, or like it honestly wasn't that bad at all, that built the momentum. So I would say that, you know, RBTL played a factor into this, but it was also the things I was doing outside of work to cultivate the confidence in myself and the confidence in my story. Thanks for sharing that. I, I, <laughs> it's amusing to think about the podcast back then and see that it still rings true today. If, if, if anything, it's more true today than it was like back then. I feel like every single year you just become more and more the embodiment of what you were talking about back in 2000. I think it was 18, right? When you yeah, I'm, I'm blasting it now. Yeah. Like today, today I blasted on LinkedIn about RBTL and I wrote about authenticity. And I wrote about questions on my mind as I thought about authenticity. And I posted on a public forum, like, it's a very exposing thing to do. And I think Kevin in the past would have been like, who am I to be able to post something like this on authenticity? Who am I to be like an expert on it? But who I am today sees value in my own lived experience. And I think that no one can ever take that away from you. So yeah, it's just dope to be here today. And let me bring it back to RBTL and how that helped me get here today. Wait, I, I want to comment though, that I think something that's really important for people who are listening to see in your story is that it is very much baby steps over a long period of time. You know, like right now it's 2022 and you, you were doing the podcast back in 2018. Like we had met back in 2016. So like, if you really think about the process of becoming more confident in your ability to express yourself, right. Which is, I think, challenging across the board, like to be fully authentic and to like share what's really going on for you. I just want people to notice that, you know, this is not something that Kato did overnight and that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something that took a lot of time and it took a lot of baby steps. It was like you all of a sudden screamed on LinkedIn, right? Like it yeah, yeah. started from like, oh, let me just record this thing, only share it with Steph, which is what you did, and then share it maybe with your friends one-on-one, -on -one, then share it on your Instagram. And now you're at a point where you're actually like, you know, you have a lot of full belief and confidence in like your personal lived experiences. And now you're showing that you're confident that by sharing your story publicly. Yo, you make me sound really good. That, that's because you are really good. <laughs> Let, let me, yeah, let me explain it to everyone again then, because I think that's really important. So I think if I were to reflect back on how this journey looked like, it was also leading into my strengths. So I am inherently a person who likes to listen more. If you think about people and conversation dynamics, there can be people who like to take up space and chatterbox and aren't afraid to say whatever's on their mind. 
And then there can be people who like to sit back, ask questions and let other ones, other people talk about themselves. And that's traditionally how I have found safety in conversations. I ask really good questions. I love getting to know people. And at the same time, it's also tied with like my fear of disclosing a lot about myself to people. And so I think in my early years, like in 2018 and 2019. Can I ask you to share a little bit more about what makes you scared to disclose? Yeah, disclosing is vulnerable, right? Like I don't know how the other person's going to receive me. There are times where from my upbringing, I have been kind of like a social chameleon. And so I, on one hand, I'm very adept at communication. On the other hand, sometimes I don't know myself because I can match people's personalities a lot. So sometimes when it comes to disclosing myself, I don't even know what to disclose about myself because I'm so focused on like playing off what the other person brings to the table. So inherently, it's kind of uncomfortable for me to just take the mic and talk about myself. Thanks for sharing that. I just wanted to like help people understand, people are listening to understand what is stopping you so that they can like kind of follow along in your story. So you're saying like back in 2018? Yeah, it's like, so it's judgment, you know, it's like judgment, fear of sounding dumb, fear of not having common interests. They may not get along with me and I can't be part of the group, you know? And I think those are very real things as to why I hypothesize why people may struggle to go beyond surface level conversations, whether that's at work or in personal, but especially at work when there's more norms at hand, power dynamics, and you don't know who's on your team and who's not on your team. So how did you move through that? Sorry, I interrupted you earlier when you were going to share how you moved through that. Yeah. So it started off with just being a really good listener. I think sometimes it's important to start within your level of comfort and safety zone. And for me, I built trust with people by listening really well, asking good questions, making them feel seen and connecting with them in that way. And when I felt like I could understand who were the safe people in my network that continuously liked to come back to me and talk with me, then I would open up more and disclose more. So I didn't just start off the bat disclosing a lot about myself. I built a lot of social capital with people by asking them a lot of questions and getting to know them. And then I started taking a shot at people and telling them a little bit more about what was happening in my personal life and what do I actually care about and things like that. So I would say that was the first step. And then I went on to do things like create workshops and share my story with my team and then with my office and then with my company. And that happened over the course of three years. Like that took a lot of Each year was like its own phase, I would say. And yeah, you know, like the work builds in the one-on-one relationships. As I built my confidence in the one-on-one relationships and learned to practice in a space where it's just me and another person, then my confidence rose because speaking in large groups makes me nervous. Still makes me nervous to this day. But I know that if I can form like a really good connection with someone in a one-on-one setting, I win that person over. And in a group setting, I feel safer. and I can be more like myself. So for me, it was really building meaningful relationships one-on-one. And when I get in front of a group of people, I just look at those people and I know they're on my team. I know they're cheering for me and I got to carry the torch and tell my story in a bigger way for them and for all the other people that are listening to me. So that's kind of like the mindset game that I play with to tell my story. Thanks for sharing that.
I really hear from you again the theme of baby steps and I think what I also hear from you that drives you in moving towards being more confident in your self-expression and also your leadership is what you just said right now which is to like carry the torch and so I would love for you to like share a little bit more about what that means for you because I feel like I get the sense that it means like being a role model or taking a stance and so I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, carrying the torch means using my voice. And to use my voice, I first need to understand what do I want to talk about? And I think it's very simple for me. I think it's about bringing my whole self to work. And that is both the good and bad things. And that's helping my team members understand what are my values? Why do I stand for vulnerability, compassion, and belonging? It's because I didn't have those things growing up. And I really try to Carrying the torch for me means that I use the lessons that I've learned in my own healing, in my own hardship, and transform it and spread it to those around me. Because if I felt this way, I'm pretty sure other people might have felt this way. And it's really just trying to be the manager, the leader that I would have loved to have growing up in a company or even as a kid, you know? So yeah, I'm just trying to make the next generation proud. I'm trying to make myself proud. I'm trying to make you proud. And yeah, carrying the torch is it's sometimes even hard to put into words if I'm going to be real with you because it's what makes me feel alive. And I feel like carrying the torch in some ways also means what lights your fire and how do you share that with the world? And I would love to know that and activate that in every person that I meet. But how can I do that if I'm not showing them how I do it? Yeah, I I hear the, the sense that I get from like what you're sharing is that your reason for sharing more about yourself really expands beyond just yourself like I get the sense that it's like bigger and I think that what I hear from you is that when you are able to be your full self like bring your whole self like to work then you give other people the permission to also show up as their like full and and whole selves 100% I was just writing about this the other day when I am able to access deeper conversations with friends who I haven't been able to do that before, mm-hmm. I feel more at home in the world, you know, because I've unlocked another gateway with these people. And I could imagine that at work, it's like a breath of relief to hear and see someone talking about topics that create more safety and relief so that they can feel more at home, so that they don't feel alone. And that's really it, expanding that feeling of belonging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is why I love you. <laughs> I love that you, you know, I think a big part of, I think such a, such a huge part of the human experience is like we want to feel belonging, right? And to want to feel at home. And, you know, something that I've always admired and appreciated and loved about you was that you want to create that for people, you know, knowing how it feels like to not necessarily like feel that and to choose to be able to do that, I think requires so much courage to like step into your own sense of self. And I think growing up when, you know, you mentioned like being a social chameleon, when you grow up that way, I think it just takes, you know, a lot of effort to be able to move into the direction of like feeling confident. And so to me, it's just really special to see how much you've grown in this way and not just like as a person, but also as a leader for your team and, you know, as a facilitator for all of our students. And I feel really lucky that, you know, we are able to have your presence here. (laughs) Uh, I feel really lucky too. Yeah, I have three takeaways that I would love to share with everyone because I love giving some actual takeaways. (laughs) 
when I think about how I've built confidence over time for authenticity and creating safety for the environments around me, the first one was around listening. Listening is such an underrated skill. Listening builds trust and it allowed me to be able to create safety for myself because I understood who I was building a relationship with. So listen deeply. Great thing is RBTL teaches you four skills on how to listen really well. The second thing I'd say is modeling it. When I first heard the word modeling, I was like, what the hell does that mean? It just means lead by example and enact those values. If I want safety and vulnerability, I got to go the distance and take the leap of faith to be vulnerable and model it. So modeling was a great way to set the tone for the people around me. And then the last thing, the third thing is making the invitation, which quick plug, that's also another RBTL skill. Um, making the invitation to connect, to have hangouts, to have a certain type of conversation, to really invite people in and participate in a discussion with me, whether it's like a deep one or like to support me or to support another person. Like direct invitations, direct requests are really powerful. And I think that really changed the game when I was trying to build community here. So I had a lot of fun doing this. I would love to do another episode where we just talk about you and me, but I hope this was valuable. Yeah, of course. I love that you shared your takeaways. That was actually like my other last question. But I know we focus a lot of the episodes today on your working relationships. But obviously, I know that you also are really great in your personal relationships. And so I would love to hear if you're willing to share how RBTL has also impacted some of your personal relationships. I think it's like for me, what comes to mind is your mom. Because I know in the podcast that we were talking about earlier, one of the first episodes you talked about was about your mom and wanting to deepen your relationship with her. And so, yeah, I would love to hear how it's been over the last few years and and how your relationship has evolved too. Yeah, man. I love my mom. Yeah, tell the people. Her name is Lee Tufo, and she's an incredible photographer, and she's like a bear that growls, but doesn't harm you. The relationship with my mom changed not necessarily because of learning these RBTL skills. Like, it didn't just change magically, right? Like, the thing with relationships is that there's always two sides to the court. There's always two to tango. And I think what RBTL gave me was the skills and awareness to recognize what I was trying with my mom. What was my bandwidth in continuing to build a relationship and how to set boundaries so that I could sustain myself over time? You know, my mom comes from a different generation. She doesn't have the emotional intelligence that I have. You know, like Jill, she'll flip the switch one day and just be like, okay, like, yay, like you're the best son ever. And that wasn't because I had these RBTL skills is because that I was willing to control what was on my side of the court and to express my love for her over time and hope that one day that it works out, right? I think a very notable thing that I did with my mom, though, which actually I will attribute to RBTL, was disclosing to her about my feelings. I would tell her, like, I feel hurt. She'd be like, what the heck does hurt mean? She'd be like, like, physical hurt? I was like, no, I feel hurt because you keep going out and trying to take pictures during COVID. It was like early 2020. So I was so frustrated. I was like, I'm hurt. I'm sad. I'm angry. And I feel like you're not listening to me. You don't care about me. And that was a, that was a breakthrough moment. I think she felt me in that moment and it was really painful. I had to take the time to explain to her like what these feelings mean and like to textbook say it. But after that, somehow in that conversation, I I also told her that I would love for her to just tell me she loves me more often. 
And that was actually really painful and hard for me to do. Like as an Asian American growing up and like asking your immigrant parent to say, I love you when they're like, you know, their, their love language is probably just giving you food. That was really hard. I felt really vulnerable, but she looked at me and she was like, really? I thought growing up, like if I said that to you, you'd think that you were a sissy or something. So I never told you that. And I was like, no, not really. Like, it's just not that way anymore. You know, I never said that. That was just your own belief. And from that day on, whenever my mom get off the phone or whenever she leaves the house, she always tells me she loves me. And I always tell her I love her. And yeah, like if I did something for the generational trauma in my family, I fucking broke. I started the I love yous, okay? I will pat myself on the bat 1,000 times for that. And I'll leave it with that. Like RBTL gave me the confidence to be able to invite and disclose. I invited my mom to start saying like, hey, can you say that, right? Versus just expecting it or being like, oh, she'll just never get it. Like, it's not like that, right? So I think RBTL trained me and built the resilience for me to have the courage and the confidence to take the leap of faith for the connection that I wanted. Thank you for sharing that. I always love hearing. You're um, welcome. Navigating stuff with your mom because I think it's super powerful. I feel like the takeaway from this is just that like you can't really change people, right? But like kind of what you said earlier, bringing back what you said, you are modeling what you're looking for, right? Like you're the one taking the lead in terms of sharing your feelings. You're the one that's making the invitation to her and asking her for what you're really looking for and having the courage to clear and and have these hard conversations. And so, yeah, I hope that everyone who's listening gets a sense of, you know, how much possibility there is when we're equipped with the skills to be able to at least take ownership of our side of the relationship. 1000%, it will change your life. All right. Well, thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast with me today. Yeah, this is really fun. Let's do it again. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Bye. If you would like more resources on how to make the most out of your relationships or to apply to the next cohort of RBTL, find us at relatingbetweenthelines.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please read us on whichever platform you're listening on. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you at the next one. Love you. Bye.